Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt our program of dance music to bring you a special bulletin from the Intercontinental Radio News. It's time for Peculiar Podcast, hosted by Pat Cashman. Gorgeous to look at. And Lisa Foster. She's dangerous. See, you're on. Ready or not, it's Pat and Lisa. <laughs> can you dig it? Yeah, yeah, I can dig it, yeah. It's love and time. Happy holidays and happy new year to you and yours. What's wrong with you? You don't sound very festive. I'm sorry, I didn't really sell that very well, did I? No. I, I mean, I, I love the holidays. And you don't sound what? like it. You sound very depressed. And a lot of people, <clears throat> excuse me. Well, lot, let me put it this way. I they just do watched, get depressed around this time I did, of year. I did just watch the movie uh, A Christmas Carol. The original version with Alistair Sims. Alistair Sims, Sims. yes, my and favorite I, version. Hatchet, you're late. Sir, what do you mean by coming in here this time of day? Hmm? I'm very sorry, sir. I am behind my time, sir. Hmm. You are indeed. Step this way, Mr. Cratchit, please. It's only once a year, sir. It won't be repeated. I was making rather merry yesterday, sir. <laughs> I'm sure you will. And I found myself through the whole thing going, Right on, Scrooge. You right on, did man. not. You liar. Yeah, so maybe I maybe I don't <laughs> have the right spirit. That's my favorite, but I wait to watch that on Chris that's my Christmas Eve movie. So It's nineteen fifty, fifty one, something like Such that. Such a great film. And it's British, but it's considered to be the best, the best. version of the story. And and uh and I was kind of surprised because I hadn't seen it in years. It's scary. It's like a horror film in, in parts. It's a if you were a little kid watching it, you'd you'd be very scared when the ghosts of yes. Christmas Past and Marley show. I mean, that's scary stuff. I I yeah. love all the incarnations of this story. Um, one of my favorites is Bill Murray's uh, Scrooged, which Scrooge. is yeah. a modern day version. That's uh, this that film came out in '84, I believe. I just uh, looked it up. It was 1988. We have spent 40 million dollars on a live TV show. You guys have got an ad with America's favorite old fart reading a book in front of a fireplace. Now, I have to kill all of you. And my 10-year-old niece, I had her last week, and I said, hey, do you want to watch Scrooge? And you're right. This, the, the ghost parts are very scary, no matter what what version of this you watch. We yeah. even watched the Mr. Magoo version. <laughs> By George. <laughs> so, <laughs> it was so good. And I remember it from a ch being a child. And I just, it, it was fantastic to watch it. <laughs> Beastly wind. Must have forgotten to lock the cellar door. Rats? Here? <laughs> what nonsense is this? Ebenezer? Ebenezer Scrooge? Oh, don't you believe in knocking? It really is good. Yeah. You're right. That, that version is very good. And very it's an good. hour long. That's a long cartoon. That's back in the day when they hand animated everything. And 
it's a really long cartoon. It's so it's some of the the the, the drawings are it's very you know it's there's nothing fancy about it, but it's it's done really well. And and yeah, then I, I also I, agree. I watched. Um, I don't normally sit down. It's not appointment TV for me every year. Some people have to watch certain movies or shows every year. But I was doing something in the kitchen, probably drinking, when uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer <laughs> came on. And I thought, yeah, yeah. hey, what do you say we both be independent together, huh? You wouldn't mind my red nose? Not if you don't mind me being a dentist. It's a deal. <laughs> And I found myself, re- I didn't, I haven't seen that since I was a kid, and I found myself crying when the abominable snowman hits Rudolph over the head with a log, and he goes down, sprawling down on the ice. I sat, sat in my kitchen and it t- welled up with tears. <laughs> Because you felt so bad for the snowman? I don't know what's wrong with me. I think I get emotional around the holidays because it's about about family and, and, but, but on top of all of that, then you have all the stress and the pressure of decorating the tree and buying all the presents and getting everything wrapped and going to the parties and all of that sort of stuff. So maybe that's why you're feeling a little, I don't know, uh, less than jolly. Is that what's going on? Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's actually far more of, Far more pathetic than that. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm hesitant to even spill it, but here it goes. Okay. So here's the deal. When when I was first married, and when we first had kids, I should say, we had a young family, and you know, but when Christmas time, holidays, even Thanksgiving would come around, we would dutifully get in the car, no matter how far flung we were living, whether we lived in, out in Idaho, uh, Seattle. You know, east of the mountains, uh, west of the mountains, I should say. We lived in Eugene, Oregon for a while. We would always drive through the snow, through the the earthquakes, the fire, uh, every, yeah. the tornadoes. We would drive to Grandma and Grandpa's house. For the holidays. We always did it. We, I always, and I think my wife did too, we always considered it. The dutiful thing uh, that should happen. And how long was this typically? I know it depended on where you lived at the time, but they stayed in the same place, which was Bend, Oregon, right? Yeah, that's right. And And both sets of parents. So that would be, that's quite a hike from Boise, and it's a super big hike from up here. Yeah. In Seattle. Especially if if you're making your way through the snow. And the fire. uh, it, it It can be very, very long trip. And a little scary, a little white knuckly, but we did it. You know, and we, you, we can't... you didn't just go for the day; you'd go and spend a couple of days, right? Oh yeah, you'd okay. maybe a, maybe even a week. Oh wow, like that's that. really nice. Yeah, uh, that's what I thought. Uh-oh. Uh oh, because but so now, you know, now that I'm the daughtering grandpa, yeah, and and do you think my offspring will <gasps> make that same trip to come and? See oh, us? I'm guessing that holidays? I think I know what the answer is um, based on your tone. The answer is a big fat no. Well, the other thing is that, that we hear the excuses. Well, you know, the kids, we hate to put the kids in the car. It's, it's a long, boring trip for them. All the same arguments I could have made, <laughs> you know, all those years ago, but didn't. So, you know, it's just like, 
this is like a unique problem for them that I didn't have, supposedly. So are you mad um, that, that you didn't think you could make that? Ex- what do you think would have happened if you had said just one year to to your parents that, look, this is just a big fat hassle. We're not coming. Well, I think we did that one year when the, it was a, just a tremendous snowstorm. I, I don't know if you remember that. It was probably in the 80s sometimes. We had uh, we had 27 feet of snow. You did not. And uh, and that was just you probably felt you know, like in it. lowlands. Uh, when you got up into the mountains, <laughs> it was 200, 300 feet of snow. <laughs> Well, you, you have an that. you have an out there. I mean, I used that excuse yeah. one year with my aunt, who just lives two hours up the road from me. But I was like, I'm right. not going to drive if it's snowing. Forget it. Well, you got to be practical at some point. You're putting your family at risk if you. you... Sure. But for the most part, we would come. And uh, frankly, right now, as I we're recording this, there's barely a wisp of snow anywhere. No, as we're recording this, it's gor- here in Seattle gorgeous blue skies but it's very 80 degrees we're having a heat wave a tropical heat wave no it's not 80 degrees but it's beautiful it's 30 degrees out so all you wake up and the sun is shining blue skies and it's all frosty and twinkling outside it's gorgeous no matter no matter they're still not not going to come they're not going to come so what did they say what so what's the reason now because you've got Two of your kids have kids. One of your kids doesn't have kids. So what's up right. with that? Are any of them coming? I don't know. And I'm None. sorry I even brought this up. But luckily, it's... luckily they don't ever listen to this podcast. <laughs> uh, so you can just bitch about them as much as you want. Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> yeah. So they won't. They won't have any idea that this is that we're brooding about this. Yeah. Now maybe they will. You know, surprise us. And no, they won't. What? Who am I kidding? That's not going to happen. Uh, so, so that's that. Uh, that's a little bit of uh, a, a little bit of a pall on the holiday, but yeah. but not really. We'll be fine. We we. Uh, well, what will you and Patty do? <laughs> we'll, well, what will you and Patty do if it's just the two of you? Oh, we'll just sit here and feel sorry for ourselves. <laughs> and, and that probably is the truest thing I've ever said. I've, d- I've done that yeah. before when I haven't had anywhere to go for a holiday. I'll now, just sit home and feel sorry for myself. Now, a couple of years ago, we made a stand. You know, my wife uh, de- declared, we're not going to go up for Christmas. If the kids want to see us at Christmas time, they can come to us. Yeah. End of story. And, of course, they didn't come. And she is uh, just consoling <laughs> well, so her. So take that. She's just shattered on Christmas. Aww. She was sure they would there would be some kind of surprise that I was in on some kind of conspiracy uh, that would result in them bursting through the door, and, and it, of course it didn't happen. And oh man, she was just shattered, and I had to deal with that. So now it's quite yeah, possible. So. It's quite possible that that you know how there's sometimes you're not really aware of how much something affects some somebody else and it, yeah. it's it's entirely possible that they're like ah you know what mom and dad aren't going to care they're sick of us anyway they'll do their own thing they'll probably have more fun without us there do they know the extent of you of your disappointment and patty's disappointment oh yeah oh yeah no i'd say <laughs> okay, uh, they I, do. <laughs> no i just think they are uh, and i'm not Self, gonna put too fine a point on it but selfish. i just think they are cruel uh, yes. <laughs> uh uncaring miserable little creeps well and, you raised uh, you raised them so yeah, yeah, you're right. Oh, I'm sorry. If I could get away, I, I normally don't have a lot going on over the holidays, and I usually am spending it by myself. 
But this year, I'm actually going to go up to my niece's home. It's so weird. They're all grown up now, and they have uh, boyfriends and husbands and babies. And I'm like the the elderly crazy aunt now that gets invited to. Well, do you wonder about that? Do you think that when you show up, or you kind of your eyes kind of darting around, saying, "What are they? What are they thinking about this? Are they cool with me yeah, being here? Or do I they do. think I'm a burden?" They, well, they invited me. That's the difference. I think if you if you're like uh, hinting around and saying, "Well, gosh, maybe I'll come up to your house for Christmas," that's different. But they they fervently invited me. So apparently, it would appear that they really, really, genuinely want me to be there. Well, which I'm I think sure is that's delightful. the case. I think, I that's, think that's probably true. But on the other hand, don't doesn't a part of you wonder if they say, "Okay, great, so you'll come." Okay, good. Bye bye. And as soon as they hang up. Oh no! <laughs> there was no way I thought she was going to accept. She, said, yes, she never, do, she oh, never does. She never comes to anything. That's true. I hadn't thought about that. So you're saying they're just you're saying they, they just did it and and as a gesture, like mm-hmm. like the like when you say to people, "Hey, it's good to see you. Let's have lunch." You don't really mean it, and then you're appalled when they call you and go, "Hey, remember when you said let's have lunch? Let's have lunch." Uh oh, oh. boy. Uh, Let's see. Uh, you know, so the, so if you get a call from your nieces, like a, yeah, two days from Christmas, right? You go, oh boy, Lisa, we are so sick. <laughs> we are so sick. This wouldn't be right to have you come up here, and you would get this terrible cold. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna have to. We hate it, but we're gonna have to just. Not invite urge, you. Urge you not to come because <laughs> we we love you so much and we wouldn't want you to experience. And then you go, I don't care. I don't That's care. That's fine. I don't care. I just had a cold. I, I'm willing to take the risk. I'm coming. No, you know what? If that happens, I'm gonna fly down and see you and Patty. Since and then the three of us can be miserable together. Last year, a guy, a friend, a longtime friend of mine, I've known him since high school. Uh, he lives in this general area, and so he calls me up and he invites me. I mean, you know, we've had them over to our house several times, but we'd never been invited to their house. So, you know, I'm a little put off by that, but I, I think, well, I'm whatever. So then he calls them. They just moved to a new house, and he and I helped him move, by the way. And then he calls me up finally and says, hey, the Huskies are going to be playing last year, if you remember. They got down to, the like, the final four in football. Oh, yeah. And oh, so yeah. They were I gonna, remember that. They were going to be playing at you. You don't remember. <laughs> But, I'm just so, trying to be supportive. Go ahead. I know you are. I know. So he calls me and says, hey, why don't you come on over to the house and we'll watch the, the Husky game oh, together. Oh, that's nice. Go, yeah, that's great. Yeah. Great. This is probably a week out. So the day before the game, I hear from him again, this time by text, and he says, hey, you know what? Um, we're going to have some other friends over here as well, and, you know, we just moved, and we – we just don't have an, we don't have enough chairs here. Oh, for crying out loud! Are you kidding me? You just don't have, so he said, "Well, you're you're still welcome to come, but it's implicit that yeah, if you want to stand through the whole game or sit on the floor, you're welcome to come." So he basically called me off on the lame excuse that they didn't have enough seating. They don't have a chair for your butt or any other body part. Well, excuse me, but I think you. Got my chair. No, that one's not taken. I don't mind if 
sit here. I'll be glad to share. Yeah, I, I, you know, why at that you point, just I, say, I'll you just know bring what? My own that chair. is so weak. I wouldn't. I don't want to come anyway. Yeah. That is really weak. That's really weak. I cannot even imagine okay. telling somebody not to come to my home if I cared about them. And I yeah. didn't have any chairs. I go buy go buy a freaking chair. Just go rent they're they're here, ten dollars at the now, store. Tell me if you think this is small. I get a call from him again of uh, this year, and uh, the Huskies are playing in some other bowl game. Same offer. Do you want to come over? So oh, I and, can't wait to hear I, what you did. And I'm gonna, but I I rather than yeah. just accept the invitation, I had to I had to toss in. I said, oh, well, if you remember last oh, year. Oh, no, I know exactly <laughs> what you did. You kind of called me off because you didn't have enough chairs. But I don't care <laughs> this year. I'm willing to stand. And then I get this kind of <laughs> sheepish reply back. Yeah, uh, you know, <laughs> nobody else is coming this year, just you. So there'll be plenty of seating. I mean, so then I felt bad, like, oh, gee, I shouldn't have brought it back up. <clears throat> it was kind of a cheap. But I want, you know, I've. Pardon me, wanted him to remind him. You know, you remember last year? Oh, I, I have a reason to be a little wary about this invitation. Yeah. Just to remind you that if other plans come up, uh, you don't have to make an excuse that you don't have enough chairs. Just say, it's I know. All, it's and you know happening. what? You're like me. We do this sort of passive aggressive thing. You were clearly, you were clearly, you were clearly oh, slighted cool. by it, which you should have been. And, and I, why is it that we can't? Why can't we just just be? It's okay to be slighted by something and and feel that way. But what's not okay is is when we do what we do instead of saying, "Look, you know what? That kind of hurt my feelings that you didn't." But guys, don't say that. We talked about this the last podcast. Guys, don't talk about, "Hey, my feelings were hurt," because you know that's not manly to have your feelings hurt. But you're no, a human no being. Way. You're allowed to have your feelings hurt. Yeah. I wonder how he would have responded if you said that kind of hurt my feelings that you just felt like I wasn't important enough to come and get a chair for me. And that might have not even be as, have been yeah. his position. We assume a yeah, lot he of might things. Have been, we write uh, our own scripts. He might have done a not and, very you know what good I mean? job so, of trying to, uh, you know, have me not come for an entirely different reason. He could have said something like, you know what? You don't smell so good. Exactly. He might have you know what? I'm so embarrassed. It or had my grandpa just died and I didn't want to. Uh, tell you that right. you know, I, I mean but of course we never go there right so i felt terrible that i even brought that you know i know pathetic I know. small remark back up I, i'm really sorry now i'm tom thumb so sized. what a great opportunity not that you're gonna do it but great opportunity to admit that and say you know what that was kind of crappy of no, me. i'm not I didn't even mean gonna to say that and i only said it because i was sort of hurt from last year it's not like i twisted an ankle i know and because the, then what would happen is you guys would grow closer <laughs> and understand one another and you would have an intimate moment yeah. and your relationship no. and your relationship would develop to no. a deeper level I mean, and we just can't have that with I the know. men in our in our world exactly you are so beautiful. Oh, please. Maybe handsome. You know, maybe attractive, but not beautiful. Come on. Me. I did tell a, a friend not of mine acceptable. last night. He called you me up. And I, before I hung up, I, so I told him beautiful. that I just want you to know, and this has always been true ever since I've known you, you're my best friend. And he couldn't speak out of the I don't care. I think I'm glad Aww. I needed to tell him that for a million years. Oh. I know who you're talking about. I, you the guy in told prison. me about this person. 
when I was down there last time. What a nice thing to do. And it probably was very good. And, and here's the thing. People probably, he probably knew it, but what, what a profound effect to have it sort of confirmed. Well, his reply wasn't, wasn't what I was hoping I for. Really it was, it I, was, I th- well, he just said, I wish I could say the same thing. Oh, what did he say? Which, which then I immediately wanted to retract my <laughs> original statement. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Hey, um, <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I, know, I don't know I if know, we've ever talked it. about this. So, uh, as we record this, this morning, I saw a story, and you probably have too. There is a a video that's gone viral of of a little kid named Keaton Jones, and uh, it's um it's out of Tennessee. Uh huh. I I I, I think I cried I both times say. I watched I, I it. Watch it was it. I, painful I had to... to watch. The people don't know yeah, it's a had, little kid whose mother uh, recorded him. He, he, had, he had asked to come home from school because he was afraid to go to lunch at school because he had been been getting bullied during class. But when he tells his mother about it, and she does a really nice job of asking him how you feel about that and stuff like that, she's drawing him out. And it's so it's so mm-hmm. sad to watch and, and in a mm-hmm. way so relatable. To many people of their school days, I think. Just out of curiosity, why do they bully? What What's the point of it? Why do you find joy in taking innocent people and finding a way to be mean to them? It's not okay. I'm a little boy with glasses, the one they call a geek. A little girl who never smiles, cause I've got braces on my teeth. And I know how it feels to cry myself to sleep. Kids, this is what kids do. They don't know. And uh, they, they're, they're picking on him. They poured milk on his head and all these things he's talking about. But he's telling his mom about it so tearfully. It just rips your heart out. And you don't know whether to feel sad or furious or what. And uh, and so I'm, my thought is, you know, that it was great that his mom posted this, and he gotten they got like millions of of views of of this just simple little kid t- crying and talking about being bullied. We're all the same. Someday we'll all have and it made national news. That's when I I saw it on Always. the news this morning. I had to go turn it turn it off. I just couldn't face it. I just could my heart my heart could not bear the pain of watching. Lot of, I saw the first couple of, seconds and I'm a lot like, of celebrities are, are, are you know People getting in touch with them and telling them hey you're a great kid and you know and you're bigger than this it'll all work out and and some uh, athletes are yeah uh, he lives in Tennessee so some Tennessee Titan football players mm-hmm. saying hey. You're gonna. We're gonna invite you down to the game on uh, this next game. So a lot of a lot of good things come out of that. Oh, uh, overwhelming, but so cool. But at the at the heart of it, I I, I met a lot of people, uh, a lot of guys especially, and I've never heard one guy say, you know what? When I was in school, man, I was picking on people all the time. I was such a bully. Everybody you talk to has been the bullied. Not the mm-hmm. bully really 
Well, wait a minute. What makes you think someone's going to just pipe up and tell you that? Are, are, is that um, your point I, you're getting to? Is that maybe you don't know that you're true. bullying? But in other cases, you're right. No one would want to admit that that was part of their past. Uh, but uh, obviously, uh, you know, I, I yeah. got it when I was in school. I, I don't think it was terribly traumatic. I don't think I got bullied to the extent uh, that some kids did that I witnessed. But, uh, you know, it, it's a real thing. And, and when you're a little kid, uh, you're asked to leave your mom and dad and go off to this place, school, and uh, mm-hmm. by yourself. And in, in some cases, it's mm-hmm. the most horrible cauldron you can be tossed into uh, for certain little kids who, uh, who, for whom it's just a miserable, mm-hmm. miserable time. And so you just... I. I I mean, people talk about this all the time, and it's as old it's as old as time. Sure, I'm sure cave people were picking on each other, but uh, yes, it, it really does come down. Right, and it sounds so hokey, but it's true. I think it comes down to parenting, and and somebody stepped. Everybody thinks their kid is so great and so such a little angel, and they have no idea what they what they hmm. really yep. do when they're not around, and. You don't have to worry about it as much if you've inculcated some genuine values about that into them and let let them know that, you know, everybody's got a right to be treated well, just like you like to be treated. Teach your children well. Their father's hell did slowly go by and feed. Them on your dreams The one they picked The one you know by The bullies in the case of this little kid that I'm talking about, this Keaton Jones kid If the parents of the bullies are ever identified I'd be real curious to see what their parents would do next I I think I remember when I'm a kid Too many times when Mm. the parents... They don't. They don't do anything, or they think it's been unfair to identify their child as a bully, and mm-hmm. no, you know nothing happens. Mm-hmm. And and I wonder if uh, oftentimes they feel like there isn't anything they can do. There are so many households where the kid is really running the show, mm-hmm. and it, again, I know it's 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 up to the parents to change that, but not all parents are are equipped to do that. Nobody's forced to nobody's forced to go to parenting school once they you know are with child, which they should. But they aren't. You just a lot of people right. wing it, right. and a lot of people do it poorly. Um, <clears throat> I didn't have the best upbringing either, and I had to learn a lot of crap I should have learned when I was a kid. I had to learn a lot of it later in life. So, you know, um, I think you're right, though. Most parents don't want to believe that their kid is the evil Satan spawn and will you know, do what they think is right in defending their child, which isn't really the right thing to do. What's the right thing to do is figure out what's going on and correct it and help the child grow. But yeah. not everybody. Well, and you got you got you got to walk this line where you can't be 
so protective of your kid that you're not equipping them to deal with things that are going to come along inevitably in the rest of their lives. I mean, bullying takes place in the workplace every day, of course. So they're not going to escape all of that. Uh, I, I remember my dad. There was a kid, and his name was Belcher, and he was the neighborhood bully, and he and he and he was beating people up all the time. And, and later, I learned that his his upbringing was really tough. He had a, mm. a drunkard for a dad, and a and a mom who didn't know what to do with. It. She was basically raising these kids by herself, all boys, and all rock, you know, all uh, troublemakers. And, a bad little kid moving to. I guess there was a reason for all of their behavior. But at the time, when you're a little kid, you don't know that. All you know is this kid's a bully. Right. And he only wants to do is beat people up. So, and I and I remember I was telling my dad about it. And my dad said, and this is probably fair advice. He said, you know, the only way you're going to. I said, Dad, why are you talking in that deep voice? You, you, <laughs> don't, you don't really talk like that in real life. I know, but I'm doing this as a character for this podcast. <laughs> okay, go ahead. You have to to create the sort of wise yeah. uh, that's man, how he man that's, voice. That's, yeah, that's how he that, sounded that's how he said it little, to you. Yeah, yeah. My voice is never going to be that deep, and I'm never going to be that hairy. I, I wonder uh, how your kids would uh, impersonate you. I'm going to actually try to get them on the phone someday and see. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, go ahead. Well, anyway, so he said, the only way you're going to be able to deal with a bully is to stand up to that bully. It's the only thing they understand. You can't, if you back away, if you show weakness to the bully, then then your torment will never end. Is that true? Is that true? Well, that's, that's what he told me. So he said, next time you see that kid, before he ever says a word to you, I want you to haul off and smack him in the tutor in the face. And uh, and I said, Dad, I, I, I can't do that. No, I'm telling you, you've got to stand up to him. So, you know, I, I acknowledged, OK, yeah, OK. But in, in my in my heart, I thought, I'm not I can't go punch that kid. What he will probably bounce off him and then and then, uh, then he'll really wail on me. And then he'll kill you. And, and then he'll kill me. <laughs> yeah, he'll kill me. Oh, my gosh. So, so I remember this moment so well. And I. uh I was gonna pre- I was going to prepare for my confrontation with the, with this kid Belcher. That's a good that's a good thing to do. It's prepare yeah. for it, overthink it and and psych yourself out. Yeah. Well, no, no, so my dad said, you know, you can't coddle, you can't be nice to these kids. You got to just go right at them. <laughs> God. So that was what he said, but that's not what my instinct told me. I said, uh, against his advice, I'm going to try something else. So I'm walking home from school one day. This is a true story. I'm walking home from school, and I look down the block, and I can see Belcher down there. I don't know that he ever went to school. He was always available to beat people up. <laughs> in fact, if you look in the high school yearbook, you you will not see a picture of him, but you will read, you know, in the back of the yearbooks where they say, you know, Larry Jenkins, Spanish class, uh, you know, speech 101, uh, the wrestling team. With with Belcher, it was just Belcher, <laughs> bullying, one, two, three, and four. That's the only thing was in there. Oh man! 
So, uh, so I saw him down there, and he's and he's hiding behind a mailbox. Remember when they used to have mailboxes on corners? Yeah. And I can see him down there because his feet are. I can see his feet behind it, and he's kind of peering around. So he's, and he's just lying waiting for wait. you. He's lying in wait. Wow. Yeah. And I don't know why. I mean, there's no reason. I didn't have any, you know, he, no reason for him to hate me. He just, it was it was bullying time. It was yeah. time to pound somebody. So my default position was always, I'll cross the street and go to the other side. That's smart. Which, which is what I usually did. And I was pretty swift. So I knew if I crossed the street, then I could slide down an alley and outrun him and get oh. home. I feel could so catch sad for you. But on this particular day, so sad. on this particular day, I did not do that. I kept going. I stayed on that side of the street, and I kept right down to the mailbox. Even though I would have probably not gone to the mailbox because that really wasn't on my way. But I went all the way to the mailbox, and sure enough, he leaps out from behind the mailbox, and he goes, "Where do you think you're going?" <laughs> I'm just, uh, <laughs> I'm just going home. And I said, by the way, Doctor, how come your voice is as deep as my dad's? I don't know. <laughs> that's I'm such only a, eleven years old. That's such a classic question of somebody who's just a complete dick. Where do you think you're going? Yeah. <laughs> What's, what kind oh, of a question I'm sorry, is I that? Yeah, I should have cleared it with you. I'm sorry. <laughs> right. I, my secretary was supposed to send my schedule out for you. Uh, so, oh, and, and he's got his fists balled up and stuff like that. Oh my and, gosh. and so I looked at him as best as I could with my uh, trying to let, not let my voice quaver too much and he said oh uh, I got something for you Belcher and go, oh yeah what and I reached around back and I whipped around and held out a Butterfingers candy bar <laughs> to him Un- unwrapped because That's I'd done tough. a little research and I found out Butterfingers was his go to candy bar are very smart. I don't know. No, seriously. The fact that you researched it and said, now what can I possibly, um, you know, mollify this guy with? You just didn't just say, well, maybe he'd like a frog or maybe he'd like (laughs) a, you know, whatever. You went to, you, that was good. Well, it would have been against my dad's advice because my dad would have said, you know, if you start that, he's going to want a candy bar every day. Oh, that's You're going to create true. a living hell for yourself. That's very true. I didn't think of that. So what was his reaction when you whipped out the Butterfinger? He looked he looked so startled. It, I couldn't believe it. He looked like, nope. He had this look on his face like, nobody has ever done anything nice for me before. Oh. And, and he took the candy bar and he goes, just kind of, thanks. And, uh, and he walked away and I walked home. And then I went in the house and I changed my underwear. <laughs> and the thing is, he never bullied me again. I didn't have to bring candy bars every day. I never did it again. Why do you think that is? I think that's an interesting I don't know. Quest- question to figure out why he wouldn't think, well, yeah, now I've got Cashman right where I want him. If he doesn't want me to beat his mm-hmm. face, then he better be bringing me a candy bar. So yeah. do you really think it was as simple as, I mean, that is a, that's a that's a Hallmark movie right there. I know. That's why it sounds so hokey, because it doesn't work. You don't think it works like that in real life. Right. And maybe it just worked that one time, and it's not... Something you should say, okay, try this. It always works. Now, did he but go? It did, did work he, that? It worked that time. Did he leave you alone and then start on someone else, or did he like just magically? I mean, it's like the it's no, like it's like no, the I'm lion. Sure he was a, 
it's yeah, like he was the a serial bullier. He he didn't he didn't he didn't walk a different path after that. He just didn't cross mine anymore. It's kind of like the lion with a thorn in his paw story. Yeah, it is like that. Which which would be great if he just if you had somehow been able to teach him that people are nice and decent. The only problem with the lion and the and the mouse story and the thorn in his paw is that and somebody pointed this out to me years later. Oh they boy, said, don't ruin it for me. I love that well, story. They pointed it out and they said, "You know something? Do you, do you do you realize Belcher was about the size of Billy Barty? He was this little teeny tiny guy. Oh. oh. He was a bully, but he you know, anybody of any normal size loomed over him. And he had the bluff on everybody and and so I've just got a lot of Oh. Guff over the years for like, yeah, little Belcher scared you guys so bad. He was <laughs> he was a quarter of your size, but you got you guys always ran away from him. So so he 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 won by default all the time. Yeah. So maybe maybe he was a Lilliputian. I don't know, but I, all I do know is that on that day, the Butterfingers candy bar and maybe the the one kindness that had been shown to him at least in a long time. Yeah. As I find out later, his house, his home life wasn't that great. It worked. Better, 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 better. Butterfinger's better. It's a better butterfinger. It's a crispier, crunchier butterfinger bar. They made butterfinger better, so you simply cannot get a peanut butterier or chasing butterfinger. Butterfinger, the candy bar bullies love. That's nice. I'm glad. And are you, I mean, it's such a great story, but are you, are you proud of, of, of how you handle or just happy that you got him to quit beating you up? You know what I'm saying? There's two different angles here. Uh, the not getting beat up is really the good the, the thing. The most yeah. powerful part yeah. of it. The pain, the pain uh, <laughs> is nice to avoid. Sure. But. But the thing I was proudest of was that for that for that moment, I thought, you know what? I think I have more wisdom than my dad yeah. does. You figured something but out on your own. Yeah, you figured something out on your own. That's a really great thing for a kid to have. That must have made you feel much smarter than you actually were. <laughs> yeah. No, I got a quick question for you. Um, do you do you have you have smoke alarms, obviously, in your home? And yeah, yes, and they're they, always going off, especially since they? I started the cigars. Yeah. Yeah. So how do your dogs react to the sound of the smoke alarms? Are they like whatever or do they freak out? Because uh they you know, the dogs are supposed to just find that sirens and things terribly painful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but our dogs have never seemed to react that way <clears throat> to smoke <throat> alarms. And and it is you know, our our smoke alarm was always going off, especially in the house we just moved out of. Because it was situated really close to the kitchen, you know, where there's a lot of smoke. Well, in our house anyway, and it became a family joke. Yeah. You could be fixing a toast, uh, even making a crab louie or a salad. Didn't matter. And if, oh, oh, good. Dad's cooking. You know, I, can, I can hear it. But like, uh, when it would go off, the dogs would, wouldn't react particularly to it, um, which was good. But I didn't let it go on very long either. I tried to get it turned off as quick as I could. Well, my dog Quince, he was a cocker spaniel. He's um, always been terrified of it, even if it does the low battery chirp, just that set, that one quick chirp. 
he will yeah. he'll start shaking and he'll actually crawl under my my desk and yeah. I, I'm I'm thinking well you know what if I ever had a fire yeah yeah and the actual alarms going off his tendency then is to go hide and then I'm trying if he's running under the bed me trying to get him out from under the bed when there's a fire going on is a problem so I'm trying to find a solution to this and I just don't want him terrified when the smoke alarm goes off or when I'm testing yeah. it or the batteries. And there's the the new one, newer ones out that talk that instead of beeping, yeah. they, they say fire, yep. fire, get your slippers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have one like that now. Uh, if there's a fire, it, there's smoke detected, the uh, the alarm will say, I am the god of hellfire, and I bring you fire. And that seems to get everybody up and moving. But does it, here's the thing, I'm trying to shop for them online, but I, I can't shop for them and listen to how they sound. Because even on the computer, Quince, if he hears the noise, he'll have a he'll have a litter of kittens over it. That's quite a trick for a cocker spaniel. So does do those also have a beep or do they just talk? Because I need to apparently. No, they also have they have a beep oh. and, then, and then it will. But you, you oh. bring up a good question. There must be somebody. If you did more research, there wouldn't there be somebody that would put one out that would just warn you? Would right. just say, would just say, excuse me. Uh, there's a fire somewhere in the house. At least I'm smelling smoke right now. And then, and then it, the longer it goes on, the more panicked the person goes. Go! Come on, move! Chop, chop! Let's go! You're going to get really fried! Good idea. Always be increasing well, the urgency. My thought was, that's a good idea, but my thought was, make the, the alarm, not an alarm, make it a doorbell, because the dogs always run to the front door. <laughs> They hear the doorbell, so if there's a fire, they'll be right there at the front door, and I can let them out. No, when you hear the doorbell, you're going to go, who's at the door this time of night? Oh, great. There's a murderer down there. Just what I need. I just think this this standard beep noise that all smoke alarms have is, I, I don't know who picked it, but it's it's awful. Well, it's pretty piercing, but then it has to be because, you know, people might be sound asleep. They might be it, well, uh, that's in another true, room. But, so give people a choice. Those sound sleepers probably need that one. But the other people who don't need that could just get the one like you suggested, the guy yelling at you. When my when my brother Sean was a little kid, and he's not, he gets to be like 12, 13 years old, and he is still, and forgive me because he's not with us anymore, but he wouldn't be mad at me for telling the story. He used to wet the bed, and uh, and and he I mean he's a he would really wet it big time, mm-hmm. and he just would sleep through it all the time, and it would drive my parents crazy. They have to change my mom would have to change the sheets every day, mm-hmm. and so my dad took a clock radio, and and he <laughs> rewired the thing. Oh my and, god! And wired it up to my I had a reel to reel tape recorder. And so he wired it up so that, it, you know, let's say it was two in the morning or something. They figured if we get Sean up two in the morning, he'll get up and he'll go pee and then he won't wet the bed. He just can't sleep eight hours without wetting. Mm-hmm. So this was his thought. And so he had me make a recording oh on this reel to reel thing so that at two o'clock, this recording would start up right in this right next to his bed, Sean's bed. And, and, and I would start off. He had me go really calm at first. I go, Sean, oh, Sean, hey, buddy, buddy, time to wake up, time to get up and go pee, Sean, Sean, and then Sean would just be, so I, it, 
my urgency would mount as this recording continued. And then pretty soon it's like, Sean, come on now. You got to get up, Sean. And then, to, and then at the end of it, I'm going, Sean, get out of bed and pee now. <laughs> Did it work? No, it didn't work. It didn't work at all. Oh. Just woke the rest of the house up. The good thing is nobody else in the house wet the bed, <laughs> or the entire neighborhood for that matter. for listening to Peculiar Podcast. Hey, goodbyes. <laughs> Join Pat and Lisa online at PeculiarPodcast.com. The gift that keeps on giving the whole year. And on the Peculiar Podcast Facebook fan page. Sweet. On Twitter at Peculiar Podcast, at Mr. Pat Cashman, and at Foster Chick. Join us and live in peace or pursue your present course and face obliteration. Oh.